Wednesday, June 12th, 2013, episode number 51 of the Football Nation Today podcast with Alex Reamer on footballnation.com. Football Nation Today podcast hosted by yours truly, Alex Reamer. Football Nation Today is published every other Wednesday throughout the NFL offseason right here on footballnation.com. And for your downloading convenience in the iTunes store. This week, as we always do, even though we're going once every other week here in the offseason, we always have a plethora of NFL news and notes to discuss. And this week, we lead it off in the first down segment with Tim Tebow. I promise we will have comprehensive but concise Tebow coverage. Because after all, we are still talking about a third-string quarterback, either the 52nd or 53rd man on the roster. But a lot of angles to discuss with Tebow signing with the Patriots, a two-year, non-guaranteed contract. But in my opinion, the biggest angle, the biggest storyline with Tebow, has nothing to do, in fact, with Tim Tebow himself, how he'll be utilized. No, nothing to do with Tebow. The biggest storyline, the most important storyline with Tebow signing with the Patriots has to do with offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels and how much influence he may now have within the Patriots organization. Then in the second down segment, where we talk about the biggest off-field NFL story of the past week, we'll discuss the NFL expanding overseas to London, talk about some comments Bengals offensive lineman Andrew Whitworth made recently about how he would rather retire than play overseas for an NFL team. We'll talk about whether or not more players in the league feel like Whitworth does, and if they do, if that would impede NFL owners from expanding into other continents. Then the third down segment, it's the Big Upper Slowdown segment, talking about stories such as now former Ravens offensive lineman Matt Burke not attending the White House because he disagrees with the president's social policies. Is it okay for teammates to boycott the White House event. Maurice Jones-Drew may not be a Jacksonville Jaguar for much longer. We'll talk about whether the Jaguars should feel okay about that, given where they are as a franchise, or talk about Maurice Jones-Drew and how his days in Jacksonville may be numbered. And then Chad Johnson, sentenced 30 days in jail for essentially excessive courtroom celebration. Isn't it appropriate that it ends this way with Chad Johnson? Or is it? Then in the fourth down segment, it's a Reamer rant. A lot of people have done a lot of complaining about ESPN recently. This week with the Tim Tebow stuff. Ignoring the Stanley Cup Finals. Bruins Blackhawks get underway tonight. Instead talking all LeBron all the time. And I share many of your complaints with ESPN. But I say, get over it. I'll explain. It's Football Nation Today, episode number 51. My name is Alex Reamer. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. So welcome back, Football Nation Today. In my opinion, the Patriots brought Tim Tebow on board because they think Rob Gronkowski needs the Lord in his life. And what a better way to get the Lord in Gronkowski's life than have Tim Tebow around him all the time. Okay, I'm just kidding. 
That sounded funnier when I thought of it in my head than when I said it out loud. Uh, but what is definitely funny and definitely hilarious is trying to watch the Vultures at ESPN and other national media outlets try to get anything out of Bill Belichick. Us here in the New England area and Boston area, we know what to expect from a Belichick press conference. And it is hilarious to see the newcomers come in and try to get answers from Belichick. Because we know where it's going. And it's great to see every time. In case you missed the Belichick press conference on Tebow yesterday, here's a snippet of some of his responses to the 14 consecutive questions he was asked about Tebow. This audio is courtesy of the Boston Globe. They cut it up so you can hear some of the highlights of Belichick's answers. And man, it is Belichick in his best form. Here it is. Uh, we always try to, yeah, anything we do is anything we do is what we feel is in the best interest of the team. Uh, you know, Tim's a talented player that's smart and works hard. So, see how it goes. Uh, you know, in all honesty, we've been in front of bigger crowds than this before. So in all honesty, we've been in front of bigger crowds than this before. So we'll just keep doing what our job is. We're going to try to get better as a football team individually and collectively, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to do what we think is best for our football team. So I don't know. We'll see. So he's a talented guy. He's smart, works hard. I mean, we've all seen him play. He can do a lot of things. We've seen that. we got a team full of players. Everybody's got a job to do. And I'm sure he'll try to do it the best that he can. We'll all try to do our jobs the best that we can. Because here's the thing about Bill Belichick. He's not going to report on the daily Tebow update in his press conferences like Rex Ryan did last year. He's not going to give Tebow a podium like the Jets often did. Every single press conference with Bill Belichick, where he's asked about Tim Tebow, is going to go like this. Hey, Bill, how'd Tim look at practice today? <clears throat> he looked fine. He's a football player. He looked good playing football. Yeah, but how'd he do at quarterback? He did what he asked him to do. <clears throat> when you say he did what he asked him to do, what do you mean? Did he throw? Did he run? <clears throat> Tim followed instructions. Did what he asked him to do. He's a good football player. Good teammate. <clears throat> Next question. That's what it's going to be. It's not going to be mean. It's not going to be snarky like... Now former New York Rangers head coach John Tortorella. It's going to be cold. And that's what Belichick does. That's when Belichick's in his best form. When he's cold with the media. And do you know what happens when you talk to someone who's cold to you? You eventually stop talking to that person. Because you're getting nothing out of it. Nothing. And that's what these national media vultures, especially the non-sports media ones, that's what they're going to soon come to realize with Belichick if they haven't already realized it after dealing with them yesterday. Tim Tebow is not going to become a distraction with the Patriots because Bill Belichick will not allow it to become a distraction. Nothing becomes a distraction with the Patriots. So some Patriots fans are concerned that Tebow's going to bring the circus that comes along with him, and I say, no, that's not going to happen. Did you see the press conference yesterday? <laughs> Did you listen to the sound they just played you? Tim Tebow will not be a distraction with the Patriots because Bill Belichick won't allow it to be a distraction. I am categorizing this as a no-lose, maybe-win proposition for the Patriots. I've said it before on the show countless times. I think Tebow could be a good football player and a legitimate NFL-caliber quarterback if placed in the right situation. 
And here at the Patriots, would certainly qualify as the right situation. They could have Tebow here, and we'll have him here as a third-string QB. He could learn the position without pressure, under Belichick, under Tom Brady. And in the meantime, Belichick can be creative with him, utilize him in different ways, maybe take Rob Gronkowski off of the extra point team, have Tebow punt block a little bit like he did last year with the Jets. I think the thoughts that he might turn into this super hybrid, tight end, fullback, halfback are a little far-fetched, if not very far-fetched, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Tebow could be using some specialized offensive packages this season. The fact is, if Tebow is going to become a legitimate NFL-caliber quarterback, it's going to happen here, under Belichick, under Brady, under offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels, who's a terrific quarterback's coach. It's going to happen here. If it's not going to happen here for Tebow, it's not going to happen anywhere for him. Now, the Patriots have five years to find a successor to Tom Brady, and that's a long time, and Brady's still at the top of his game or close to it. Which, again, is why this isn't going to be a distraction, Tebow here with the Patriots, because nobody in his or her right mind would ever want Tom Brady to come off the field for Tim Tebow to come on the field. It's just no, one's, no one thinks that way. That's ridiculous. If Tom Brady's healthy, he should take every snap under center. So, again, no controversy here. But five years, once Brady leaves, the best way to avoid a quarterback controversy is to have somebody waiting in the wings. So why not try to get as many guys in here as possible? As I said, Tebow has shown a lot of positive traits that you can't coach. Leadership. All of that stuff. You can coach somebody up to be an NFL caliber quarterback. And if somebody is going to be able to coach Tebow up, it's going to be Bill Belichick. It's going to be Tom Brady. It's going to be right here with the Patriots. It can't hurt Tebow being here, but it might help. It might. It probably won't, but it might. And that, to me, is worth the signing, worth the two years of non-guaranteed money, worth the 53rd roster spot. Now, cynically, talking about Belichick's the guy who can coach Tebow up, that, to me, cynically speaking, may be a reason why Belichick was intrigued here with Tebow. Because we all know the talk exists out there. Belichick certainly knows it exists. Some of the naysayers who state, Belichick wouldn't be Belichick without Tom Brady. It's all about the quarterback. It's all about the players he's had. Let's see him do it without Brady. His record in Cleveland without Brady stunk. We all know the critiques are out there. Well, what if as Belichick's last great song, his last challenge, his last hoorah, what if he turns Tim Tebow into a, into a legitimate NFL quarterback. And that's how he leaves. Brady to Tebow. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Please don't put words in my mouth. But cynically, Belichick's a prideful guy. A very prideful guy. In the back of his mind, is he maybe thinking, this is my last song. My last great accomplishment. My last hoorah. I don't know. I also don't know about this, and this, as I said in the opening, 
is by far the most fascinating and frankly important aspect of the Tim Tebow story, at least in the short term. Michael Silver of Yahoo Sports, who is as plugged in an NFL reporter as there is nationally, reported a few weeks ago that Belichick hates Tebow as a player and frequently criticizes him in meetings, speaks ill about his game, etc. Belichick dislikes Tebow, hates Tebow as a player. So what's the deal? Belichick hates Tebow, but yet he signed him. Why? Did Michael Silver have bad sources? Maybe. Is Belichick doing his buddy, Urban Meyer, a solid? Maybe. Or how about the Josh McDaniels factor? McDaniels, when he was head coach of the Broncos and head personnel guy, drafted Tebow in the first round. Since McDaniels has come to the Patriots, a lot of his former players have made their way through Foxborough. Tebow is the latest one. Is this another sign that McDaniels possesses a significant amount of clout within the Patriot organization? Is this another sign that indicates McDaniels has Belichick's ear? And if that's the case, how good should Patriots fans feel about that? McDaniels' track record as a coach, and especially as a personnel guy, is unproven. His personnel moves thus far haven't really worked out. Lloyd was his big one last year, and he was cut after just one season. So that, to me, is the real story within this story here with Tebow. Because Michael Silver is a plugged-in guy. And I guess it's possible anybody can have bad sources, but I just think that's too easy. You know, what's the story? Why would Belichick bring in a player who he supposedly hates? Well, McDaniels loves Tebow, drafted him in the first round in Denver years ago. He's here now. Lots of former McDaniels players who played for him either in Denver or St. Louis, in Lloyd's case both, have come through here over the past calendar year. Tebow's the latest one. If McDaniels has Belichick's ear, if, McDan if Belichick is one and McDaniels is 1A within the Patriots organization, how does it make you feel as a Patriots fan? And is that another sign that when Belichick does eventually retire, that McDaniels is surely the man who's going to take his place? He came back here after all, didn't seek out another head coaching job this offseason. He stayed here to serve as an offensive coordinator. And Belichick's not going to go anytime soon. He'll be here for a while still. So why would McDaniels stay? Well, Maybe because he knows he has the job once Belichick retires. I don't know. But that, to me, is the real story within the story. Josh McDaniels and what his role was in bringing Tebow to the Patriots. Now, Wes Welker, of course, is out there in Denver. McDaniels' former stomping grounds. Speaking of Mike Silver of Yahoo Sports, or an interesting piece that's now been buried but it did run this week. Very fascinating. Contained some fairly candid remarks from Welker. How his negotiations went down with the Patriots. Not to spend a lot of time on this, but Welker said in the piece, both he and Brady were upset. The Patriots didn't opt to, didn't opt to resign him this offseason. 
Well, Carrasso said he's excited to be himself with the Broncos. And he also said he isn't the first player who's had this happen to him, and he won't be the last, presumably, at least according to Silver. He's talking about guys who the Patriots place a value on in free agency. Don't go over that value. Well, I mean, we'll see how excited Welker is to be himself if the Broncos don't get out of the first round of the playoffs again. <laughs> I mean, we'll see how exciting that is for him. As far as the last component, I'm not, Welker says, I'm not the only guy this has happened to. Won't be the last guy. Players know around the league how the Patriots tend to negotiate. They know how hard ball the negotiations are. And it's always my argument, if you don't give an inch in an negotiation to a player, don't expect the player to give an inch. If you are combative with the player, expect the player to be combative with you. It's a given you get kind of thing. Now, I think recently the Patriots have turned this around a little bit. They've re-signed several of their players early. Gerard Mayo, Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski. They all re-signed before they had to. They took Logan Mankins to the wall, and thus Mankins took them to the wall. But ultimately, they gave Mankins a monster payday, one of the highest paid offensive linemen and left guards in the league. So it's changing a little bit with the Patriots. And with Welker, I think it's simple. Patriots wanted him back. They just wanted him back at their price. I understand why it's disappointing to Walker. I understand why that could be disappointing to Brady. But I also say with Brady, he signs on with the Patriots knowing what the deal is. He knows how the Patriots negotiate. So Brady can be upset. He can say, wait a minute, I left money on the table. I thought that was to sign Walker. But Brady should have known better if that's what he thought. Because he knows how the Patriots operate. He's been here a long time. So that's that. But very interesting stuff out of Foxborough this week. Tebow. Everything that comes along with there. But it's not going to be much. Because as I said, Belichick's going to shut it down if he hasn't already. Now here in the second down segment, talk about the biggest off-field NFL story of the week. And in my opinion, one of the bigger overarching NFL storylines is always uh, the question of whether or not they're going to expand and head overseas. Well... Bengals offensive tackle Andrew Whitworth, when asked about the NFL potentially expanding into London, said that if a team pursued him, team in London, he would hope that he was financially able to quit. Whitworth continued, I don't see that a lot of guys would want to do that. I don't see any players that would enjoy that. Sure, you may find a handful of guys that say, oh, hey, that'd be cool, but the rest of them wouldn't. That's Whitworth and his thoughts on the situation of a team moving to London. Now, something we often say on the show when talking about NFL owners is the only way to expand revenue is to expand product, which is why the NFL moving overseas may be inevitable. Talked about this two weeks ago, last time we spoke, about the NFL expanding the postseason, adding another wild card round. They're not going to go to 18 regular season games. The Players Association won't go for it unless significant compensation follows, but then that would, you know, negate the ex expanded revenue. So, no, owners don't want to do that. So, how can they expand the revenue without expanding the compensation? Well, add in extra playoff games, add in more teams, which means more jobs for players. You know the Players Association isn't going to argue against that, more jobs. So, I think NFL overseas expansion may be inevitable. I really do. Now, I think the NFL, if they do this, runs the risk of overexposure. 
and I'm personally against the move. I don't want to see a team in London. I want to keep it right here in the States, baby. But it doesn't matter what I want. I think the NFL owners just care about the revenue gain. And yeah, it would increase their revenue flow to have a team or teams overseas. Because it's more NFL teams. The NFL is one of the greatest brands in this world. Even in London. Now, when players want to play for this team, it's a lot of travel. There's no close road games. But, yes, players would suck it up and sign with this team. Why? Because it's an NFL job and there aren't that many of them available. And if that team wins, they'll attract even more players. Why? Because then it would be an opportunity to play for a winning team and there's even fewer of those kind of jobs available. It would maybe be a bit of an uphill climb. I'm not denying that. But players would eventually sign there. You'd have a whole generation of players who come up with that being the new normal. NFL team in London. NFL teams overseas. And other continents. Maybe players in the league currently, especially veterans, wouldn't be excited about doing it. But guys in their earlier mid-20s, it would be the new normal for them. They'd be fine with it. Eventually, it wouldn't be much of an issue. Because there aren't very many NFL jobs. So, there's some players like, like Whitworth, you know, it's easy to talk the talk, but not so easy to walk the walk. If he was staring retirement in the face and wasn't financially able to quit, which unfortunately few are, so like players stick around and hang on practice squads for years and, you know, on roster invitees to camp and get their brains beaten in the dog days of August, just dying for one more shot on an NFL roster. Unfortunately, few guys are are financially able to quit, as Whitworth phrased it. So, it's an NFL job. And there aren't many, very many of those out there. So, I think eventually, players would go to this team. I don't see that being much of an issue long term. Third down segment. Moving along here. It's the big upper slowdown segment where I say a statement and then express my agreement or disagreement with that statement. By saying big up or slow down. Question number one. Now former Ravens offensive lineman Matt Burke did not attend the White House championship ceremony recently because he disagrees with President Obama's position on abortion. Burke, Harvard graduate, is a strong social conservative and thus he is pro-life. Big up or slow down. Do I have a problem when players don't attend the White House championship celebration with their teammates? On the whole... My answer here is big up. I have a problem with it. Burke is a little different because he's retiring and thus he's not going to be around and players don't necessarily have to answer for him because he's not there anymore. He's, 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 he's gone. He's retired. But in general, I think all teammates should go because it's not a political event. It's a team event. If a player doesn't go, it creates a distraction for the team. It creates a distraction for his teammates. And I have a problem with that. I mean, I'll give credit to Burke. At least he explained himself. He took issue with some comments Obama recently made in the speech regarding Planned Parenthood. Okay, you can disagree with the reasoning, but at least Burke had the courtesy to explain himself. I have a lot more respect for that than I do with former Bruins goaltender Tim Thomas, who skipped out on the Bruins White House trip last season and didn't feel the need to explain himself. And on the other side of that, Theo Epstein, former Red Sox general manager, now president of the Chicago Cubs. Theo Epstein, when the Red Sox had a championship ceremony in the White House when President Bush was in office, didn't go. He boycotted the event and never said why. That, to me, was weak, too. It was a GM, not a teammate, so it's a little bit different. It was a little less of a distraction, but still. 
You're not going to go, at least have the courtesy like Burke did, to explain yourself. But ultimately, come on. It's a, it's, it, it's a few hours in the White House. I can think of worse ways to spend your time. Shake the president's hand. And if you want, have a grown-up conversation with him about policy. I'm sure the president would be glad to listen because most presidents were athletes themselves. Most presidents are fanboys. Most presidents are sports fans. Seriously, it would be an opening and welcoming environment for some difference of opinion, if you will. So, big up. In most cases, I do have a problem when players don't attend the White House, don't attend the White House champion celebration with their teammates. It's a sports event, a team event, not a political event. Now, question number two. Jaguars running back Maurice Jones-Drew was involved in a physical altercation with a security guard at a bar in St. Augustine as he was defending a friend who had initiated the confrontation. Jones-Drew was originally charged with misdemeanor battery, but no charges have been filed against him. Jones-Drew also reportedly showed up to an off-season conditioning program out of shape. Big up or slow down or Jones-Drew's days in Jacksonville numbered. Big up. Yes, Jones Drews' days in Jacksonville are numbered, and to add on to it, the, Jaguar, the Jaguars should be okay with that. Said this last year on the show. The Jaguars rightfully didn't give uh, Jones Drew a new deal with two years left last offseason, and they shouldn't give him a new deal this year when he inevitably asks for it in training camp because a running back, even a good one like Jones Drew is when he's healthy, is a bad investment for a bad team. You have to spread your resources to other positions. The NFL is a passing league, and spending millions upon millions of guaranteed dollars on a running back is not a great investment for a bad team. We've done this before. Look through the list. The top five quarterbacks, the top five running backs. Most of the top five running backs aren't on playoff caliber teams, or is pretty much every single one of the top five or even top ten quarterbacks are on playoff caliber, if not championship caliber clubs. It's not a wise investment to invest long-term in a running back Especially one like Jones Drew, who seems to be on the back nine. So, are Jones Drew's days in Jacksonville numbered? Yes, they are. And should the Jaguars feel all that bad about it? No, they shouldn't. He's an icon. He's by, at least in regards to Jaguars organization, meaning he's their most recognizable player. I understand that. It might be a tough business move for them to make in the short term, but in the long term, and in terms of building a viable football team, a competitive football team, it's the right move to make. You have to spread your resources to other positions. So, yes, big up. Jones Drew's days in Jacksonville appear to be numbered, and the Jaguars should be okay with that. Now, the last question here in the Big Up or Slow Down segment has to do with Chad Johnson. He was in court recently rejecting a probation violation. Of course, he had that domestic abuse case with his wife. He was in there, though, because he violated his probation, did not meet with his probation officer. Now, his attorney originally got him out of it. And his judge, Judge Kathleen McHugh, asked Johnson if he is pleased with his attorney. I believe she said, you should be pleased with your attorney because he did a great job. Johnson then gave his attorney a slap on the butt to say, yeah, I'm pleased with him. <laughs> Boom, slap. He's my teammate. I love him. This enraged Judge McHugh, and then she turned around and rejected Johnson's plea. She gave him 30 days in jail for what I am calling excessive courtroom celebration, slapping his attorney on the rear end. 
Think I ever slow down? Did Judge McHugh make the right move? Did she teach Johnson a much-needed lesson? No ass-slapping in the courtroom. <laughs> I say no, slow down. No, she did not make the right move here. She overreacted. She abused her power. It needs to lighten up a little bit. Lighten up, sister. Come on. Come on. You're asking for it. You asked him. Are you pleased with your attorney? Yeah. Ass slap. I'm pleased with him. He's my teammate. Right? It's a football player. Been on football fields his whole life. What do you want from him? I will say this, though. It's a stupid thing to do. You know, how about showing a little humility? You're in court, after all, for a domestic abuse case. I mean, I know he was in there because he violated his probation, but why was Johnson on probation in the first place? Because of domestic abuse, domestic assault. So... Eh, let's not be all goofy about this. This is a fairly serious matter. Uh, your life, Chad Johnson, is not a reality show. Uh, don't slap your lawyer or anybody else on the ass in a courtroom. Be polite and be prompt. Get in, get out. Thank you, thank you, sir, or thank you, madam. You know, I, thank you, your honor. I, I am pleased with my attorney. Uh, I'm thankful for this, uh, for this new, uh, for this new opportunity in life. And, and, and don't even say that much, because... Just say, yes, thank you, Your Honor, I am pleased. That's it. Slap your attorney on his ass when you're walking down the courtroom steps. Why are you doing it in the courtroom there? So, this might be a good life lesson for Johnson, but if I'm looking at it seriously, if it's possible to do that here, um, no, the judge did not make the right move. Uh, you can't put a guy in prison for slapping his attorney on the ass. That's silly. That is ridiculous. She definitely abused her power here, and I'm sure she's uh, gotten a lot of letters, letters recently uh, saying exactly that. I wonder how many of those letters, uh, you know, spelled abuse of power correctly, but nonetheless, I'm sure Judge McHugh has certainly uh, gotten a lot of unwanted attention this week for her actions in the courtroom uh, with Chad Johnson. Now, in the fourth down segment, we close out each, each and every show with the Reamer rant. Usually, Talk about something that's been bothering me recently with the NFL. And sometimes we veer off into their sports. We keep it football-centric, and that's what we're doing this week. Keeping it football-centric, talking about ESPN, their constant coverage of Tim Tebow, signing with the Patriots. First take Skip Bayless, the Tim Tebow Network, 24-7. But to expand it to other sports, you have Bruins, Blackhawks, Stanley Cup Finals, puck drops tonight. Should be one for the ages, two original six franchises, all that, and... It's all LeBron all the time, all NBA Finals all the time. The LeBron block on Tiago Splitter. Wow, how cool. Even though the Heat ripped by like 20 when that happened. Uh, you know, they cover that, but nothing on the NHL. Everything on Tim Tebow, but nothing on some other real football stories. And people are complaining about that, tweeting about it, writing blog entries about it, making snarky remarks about it. And I say, hey, ESPN haters out there, I hate them just as much as you do. I dislike them just as much as you do. I have many of the same complaints about ESPN as you do. And you know what? I say stop it. Enough. Get over yourselves. Stop complaining. Why? Because it's old news. You know this about ESPN. So why get worked up about it? ESPN is an entertainment network that masquerades as a news network. They cover Tebow because it generates interest. They don't cover the NHL because they don't have the league's broadcasting rights. Like all TV entertainment networks, ESPN props up its own programming. They've been like this for a long time. So stop complaining about it. You want to watch hockey highlights? 
Don't watch SportsCenter. Watch the NHL Network. Go on NHL.com. You want to read about real hardcore football news and not the Tim Tebow sideshow? Watch the NFL Network. They talk a lot of Tebow, but they talk about a lot of other things too. Go on websites like ours, Football Nation. Pro Football Talk. Tons of great football blogs. Football podcasts out there. Want a little more baseball talk? Sick of the NBA Finals? Watch MLB Network. Don't want LeBron talk? Don't watch SportsCenter. Watch something else. It's really as simple as that. As a sports fan today, there is no need to ever turn on ESPN unless they're covering a game that you're interested in. But with the internet, with all these cable networks, Sports Talk Radio, you don't like Mike and Mike in the morning, you think they're too cute? Okay, don't listen to them. Listen to your local Sports Talk Radio. Listen to podcasts. Listen to another national radio feed. Fox, NBC, CBS, they all have them too. They all have them. If you don't want to watch ESPN, you don't have to watch ESPN. You can avoid ESPN. You can do that these days. So I have many of the same complaints about ESPN as you do. And I've had them for just as long as you have. But I don't complain about them anymore. Why? Because I know what I'm going to get when I turn them on. So I don't turn them on all that often. And when I do, I know what I'm getting. So I don't complain about it. Nobody's forcing you to watch the 3 o'clock sports center. And I would say anyway, if you're watching the 3 o'clock sports center, you don't have much going on in your life. You have bigger things to deal with if you're watching the 3 p.m. live edition of Sports Center. And I'm saying that as somebody who has found himself watching the 3 p.m. live edition of Sports Center. Currently, I have bigger issues in my life, which is why I don't spend a lot of time talking about ESPN and their incessant coverage of Tebow. Because I know what I'm getting over there. If I didn't want to see it, I wouldn't watch it, and the same applies to you. I know it might make a cute tweet, might get some favorites and retweets from your buddies, but it makes you sound a little bit, a little bit like a whiner. And even worse than a whiner, a self-inflicted whiner. Mm-hmm. You're hurting yourself when you don't have to. You don't want to watch ESPN? Don't watch them. Simple as that. Thank you for tuning in, as always, to Football Nation Today, episode number 51. As always, if you have a comment on today's show, feel free to leave a comment on our show page on footballnation.com. We love the listener feedback. Feel free to send me an email, areamer at bu.edu is my email address, and also feel free to follow me on Twitter, at alexreamer1 is my Twitter name. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the upcoming weekend. We'll talk to you next on Football Nation Today in two weeks, two Wednesdays from now. You won't want to miss it. Lots of good stuff, I promise. We have uh, mini camps this week and for the next week as well. So two weeks from now, tons of NFL news. We'll dive right into it. So long. Talk to you then, two Wednesdays from now. Thanks for listening.